So earlier on today, we tested that $25,000 and the 200 week moving average again. You can see this time it was a quite a, a vicious test. We went up to 25,251 and then we got rejected again. But the rejection was also quite vicious. We went all the way down to 24,502. Now, the big question for me is whether these rejections are healthy. Is it like, like Bitcoin is chipping away at this big wall over here and eventually it's going to break through? Or is it that, that Bitcoin keeps being rejected? Is that a bad sign? That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're also going to be talking about our China narrative. There's also an AI narrative. And then I'm going to show you the best layer ones when it comes to value. And I'm going to show you the worst layer ones when it comes to value. So on a day where the market's not really moving, we've got huge, huge, huge alpha for you guys. So let's go, 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 go. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go. start early today we started early today but tell us whether you're still here tell us whether you're present daiki if you're here tell us you're present jeremy if you're here tell us you're present elliot if you're here tell us you're present fred blogs i see you here so uh, just tell us you're present we've got a big show today i need you i need you guys to help me though because we started early today not many people know that we're here so what i need you guys to do is i need you guys to smash that like button and let everybody know that we're actually here and if you're not subscribed to our channel well guess what yesterday we picked up another thousand subscribers um, which which brings us to 400 and what are we on now? So 600 and 606,000 subscribers. We are by far now the fastest growing major crypto channel out there. That's because we bring you the highest alpha per minute shows. Anyway, today's going to be no different. Very, very high, very, very fast show, very, very high alpha per minute show. That's what I promise you. What you guys are going to do, just subscribe to the channel, like this content, and then comment. Tell me if you guys are bullish or bearish in, in the comments today because... We did get rejected again. We did get rejected from that 25,000 level. And every time we do get rejected, well, some people say that that's confirmation that we can't get through this 25,000 level. Other people, what they're saying is, well, that's just normal because it's such a big resistance. It's a 200-week moving average. You can see that, you know, Bitcoin, it's the biggest test that Bitcoin's had to face. And we didn't think that this test was going to be a quick test. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I thought I'd get Gareth Soloway to come and join us and tell us what he thinks of this $25,000 level. Gareth, welcome back, buddy. Hey, great to be back, Rand. Thanks for having me. Gareth, I want to play you something from the last time you were here, if you'll allow me. Um, okay, so let's test this and just hope that it works. Yeah, that we're still in a bear market in crypto until we see something else. So again, 25K would be a very pivotal level. That's where I've said I would start shorting Bitcoin if it gets up there. With my members, I have I have a long on Bitcoin. We're still holding. That would be where I would exit that and flip it into a short. When would you? That's what you said last time you were here. You said when Bitcoin gets to 25,000, you would flip your long into a short. Bitcoin has tested that 25,000 level multiple times. Are you a man yeah. of your word? Are you a man of your word? Are you going to flip your long into shorts? Or are you going uh, to keep on riding this, this beautiful, juicy bull market? So, so the answer is yes, I, I'm going to end up doing that. I haven't done it yet. Uh, I keep on thinking it's going to get up to about 25.3 to 25.5. And so I haven't been able to get filled on the exit yet. But the answer is yes. And I've also been uh, alerting members uh, to unload and start shorting different things. We shorted uh, some avalanche over the weekend. We, we started kind of dipping our toes into the water on other uh, cryptocurrencies out there as well on the short side. So so the, the key is this, is like, listen, could we break through? And you're right, by the way, you were saying, you know, when we're hitting 25,000, are we chipping away at that? And the answer is yes. 
but it's also right to say that you still have a wall in front of you, which is 25 that we haven't broken yet. So the question is, which one does it does it turn out to be? Does it turn out to be the breakout where we can get to 30,000, which is the next major, major level? Or does it stall here and it's unable to break through this epic 25,000 level? So you said you'd short at 25.2 or 25.3, whatever that level is. What would invalidate that for you? Because, I mean, if, if I understand correctly, you're going to, as soon as it's 25.2 or 25.3, you're going to hit your orders, you're going to hit your shorts. What would invalidate that for you? Where would you put a stop loss? Where would you say, hold on a second, we're actually going up to the, the I mean, if I look at my chart, and my chart's obviously not as good as your chart, but for me, once we break this 25,000 level over here, I don't see much resistance until 30,000. I mean, you can you yep. can say it's 29,200, you can say it's 32,000, but there's not much resistance until that point. No, that's that's exactly what my chart shows to uh, you guys. I don't know. Yeah, there we go. So that's that's exactly the line I have. And what you can see here is that when we were in the bull market of 2021, it was the pivot low here, all this choppy kind of mid mid bull market lows. And then here's where we kind of went sideways and broke down. So if we did break through 25,000 and I, I do get filled on my short and I exit my long, then that's exactly what I'm going to be looking for. If, if we get above 30,000, then I actually would have to probably switch my narrative if we stay above 30,000 that the low is is finally in on Bitcoin in this cycle. So again, right now, I'm not a believer that the low is in just yet. But if we got above and stayed and this is the key, it can't just be one day where it pops above. You need to see it establish itself above 30,000. If it does that, then I think you have to start talking about that. We are in the midst of a, a new bullish market. OK, hold on. Explain this trade to me. So you go short at 25,200, you go short at 25,300, you ride the short up until 30,000 if it gets invalidated. But that means you're riding it up till 30, 32,000. That's, that's a $5,000 move, which means that you probably have the same, you're probably expecting a bigger move than the $5,000 to the downside if you were taking that trade, right? Correct, correct. So per the chart, if we can, you'd see the channel that we're in too, right? So not only is it that flat top at around 25,000, but we also have this upsloping kind of channel that we're in and we're hitting the high end of that, right? So if we come down and if we can take out 22,000 to the downside, you have no major support until you get down to about 18,300 to 400. So, so that gives you at least about 7,000 on the downside before you hit major support. And that's assuming that we don't break that at some point and start heading back to the lows on the chart. Okay, how do you see the American, the S&P? Because in the last time we spoke, there was a very, very, very small chance of a 50 basis, of a 50 basis point rate hike in March. It was less than 1%. Mm -hmm. Now, when I look at the chances of a 50 basis point rate hike in March, it's gone up to 21%. On Friday, we've got the PCE numbers, the PCE, the PCE inflation numbers, which is the measure that the Fed actually look at when they measure inflation. And a lot of people think that we may get a disappointing PCE number because we're a, a disappointing CPI number. How does this yeah. all play into the, the U.S. market? Yeah, so with the U.S. markets, the markets are on very shaky ground. We've been seeing those, those interest rates creep up. The 10 years started to move up. That's pushing markets down. The S&P has been kind of falling. We're setting up for another big down day today, at least at the start. So again, what I would look for is number one is psychologically the market's preparing for a bad number. When people prepare for something bad, it usually means that even if the number comes in bad, everyone's already ready for it, right? So it gives the uh, the possibility that it can be better than expected and create a little bit of a rally. Having said that, the mid to long term on this market on the S&P is still unbelievably negative. And again, if you look at the weekly, the monthly charts, we're still in a nasty bear market. And I do think that we do see recession by second half of 2023. Okay, help me understand this. So I'm looking at, I agree with you regarding the S&P. I agree with you regarding, I mean, I, I looked at the, the US 10-year. You can see that the US 10-year is, is starting to creep up. Um, thing is, I also looked at the European markets. So I looked at the FTSE and I looked at the Copenhagen Exchange. Just, just take me to, to the FTSE. Just humor me for a second. Okay. So the FTSE 100 is probably a good one to look at. Um. Just zoom out for me. Okay. The FTSE 100 is at all-time highs. Yeah. It's at all-time highs. I'll give, you, I'll give you another market that I think is worth looking at. Um, look at the ASX, the Australian Stock Exchange.
no, that's that's not the that's ASX limited. Oh. But there is a the ASX. I think it's the ASX two whatever. So the ASX, cash. Yeah, probably that one. Also at all time highs. So the the the, the Aussie stock exchange is also at all time highs. The FTSE is at all time highs. The French the, the Cacaron forty the CAC forty is at all time highs. How do you reconcile that against the U.S. market, which is not at all time highs yet? It, to me, it may mean that the U.S. market's got some catching up to do. Yeah, you could take it that way, or you could take it a different way. Like, like think about this, right? If we look at like the Brazilian market, the EWZ, um, mm -hmm. and you look at this comparatively to the U.S. markets, what is this telling us, right? And if we look at, let's say, let's go to the monthly chart of the, uh, the EWZ. Look at this is the monthly chart. The last time you were at an all-time high on the Brazilian market was in 2008. And look at how far away it is. So, so for me, this is what tells me it's a rotation of capital. So since COVID, during COVID, even since 2009, we saw money flow just rushing into the U.S. The U.S. was the place to be. I think money is starting to recognize the Fed's no more, no longer a dove and likely won't be coming, becoming a dove again anytime soon. And what that means is the markets and, and investors are now looking for other areas to invest in outside of the U.S. And if you look at Europe, for instance, what they're going through with the, the natural gas problems and, and all of the different issues due to their economic woes from, from Russia, you probably are now looking at maybe opportunities there. So money's flowing there. Money's going to flow to China. Money flows to Brazil. I think the U.S. markets are going to end up lagging, and I ultimately think you'll, you'll see that lag continue. Okay, let's look at one last chart. Let's look – actually, two charts. Let's look at the Dixie. So the Dixie was behaving itself. Now back above 104, if I if I if I remember correctly, before the show I looked at it, it was back above 104. Let's let's look at that. Yep. Yeah. So check this out. So this is a beautiful chart because it told us that the dollar was going to start to rise. Number one, we fell into major support right here, and also if we go to your weekly chart, you can see this trend line to here and connected through this little low here, and it gave us exactly the low on the Dixie. Then what's even more beautiful. We got the three bar surge with a bull flag, right? So that told us that we were going to have a breakout and the breakout is in motion. I had the Dixie going up to 105.50 before we hit major resistance. So there's more upside in the dollar. If you zoom out a bit on the, and you go bigger time frame, do you mm -hmm. see the Dixie going back down to under 95, 96? Or do you see the dollar going back up to around the 114 area? What, what would be your, your prediction if you, if you looked at, your, at, at the charts? Prediction-wise, I'm in I'm in the camp that the dollar topped uh, when you had the basically this high here. So I don't okay. think I honestly I would be somewhat surprised to see us make a new tie on the dollar. I think that the U.S. is going to be in kind of a long-term recession once it hits it. I don't think it's going to be a depression, but I think you're going to see this market and this economy that's stuck in this long-term kind of eh market where it just continues to be unable to get out of it because the Fed is unable because of inflation remaining somewhat on the higher side to print us out so it's going to be like a shallow recession but it's going to basically put us at a disadvantage compared to the rest of the world i think you see a lot of the other global economies starting to gain on the u.s over the next five ten years so you last time came on the show i asked you what your best trade for 2023 as you said your best trade for 2023 would be gold yep still hold that thesis I do. I do. Well, and remember, that's compared to the S&P as well as to Bitcoin. So we're not talking about like small caps or whatever like that. It's strictly those between those assets. I think gold is the place to be for two reasons. Number one, I do think it'll outperform percentage wise, but also for safety. Right. So at any one point, we have to see what the regulation is in crypto. We don't know what that's going to be. We've heard all these crazy things like Kraken getting sued and, and having to settle with the SEC and all this stuff. We don't know there. That's risky for me. Um, the stock market, to me, if we're going to see a recession in the second half, that's going to be very, very bearish. Remember, when the Fed tends to stop hiking, historically, it actually is this trigger for a bigger market sell-off. And what that usually tells us is that the economy is getting really bad. That's why we're seeing the sell-off. So I still think gold's the place to be. Um, let's make sure we check in on a monthly or weekly basis to see if I'm correct. You know we will. You know we will. Gareth, listen, I know you need to go and do your things. By the way, Gareth has an amazing channel. Um, there's a link below. Just go and follow Gareth's channel. He was live. He was live before we went live. So yeah, there was a great stream. Apparently, I wasn't listening because I was prepping for our show. But my analyst said it was a great stream. So if you're not following Gareth's channel, there is a, a link below, James. The link's there. Go click, click, click. Gareth, sending you much love, my friend. Much Thank love you. to you too, Rand. Thank you so much, buddy. We gotta have our, our weekly dose of Gareth. I mean, every now and then we gotta check in with the guy, uh, see what his thesis is.
Anyway, let's move on to the news of the day. And for those of you who've just joined us, yes, we did start early because Gareth came on the show. So welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're here, like, 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 subscribe to the channel um, because that's going to guarantee a bull run. That's, apparently, that's going to be a guarantee a bull run. All right, let's look at where we were. So we did start the day early, earlier today challenging this 25,200-week moving average. Um, here was when Putin started talking. So Putin had uh, a talk today. He addressed the Russians and pretty much nothing. He said nothing new that he just said, you know, the West is responsible for this war and we're not going to stop this war. And, you know, the West are bad people and, you know, the Russian propaganda machine. Um, and that did spook the market slightly. And we went back down to 24,500. Now we're hovering at about 24,632. I didn't think that we would smash this 200-week moving average first time around. I think it's going to be a couple of a couple of times before we actually get it. What you have to appreciate is that every time that we that we try and smash that 200-week moving average, those people that are saying that it's a bull trap actually get more and more invalidated. And what you can see is if you look at your timeline, the people that used to call for a 10 or 12 or $14,000 Bitcoin, they're not there anymore. There's no more. There's no one talking about the fact that Bitcoin may make um, lows, except I think maybe one. I think maybe Kappa is still talking about Bitcoin making lows. But otherwise, there's no more talk of the lows. And I, I believe that as this market continues to rally, if this market continues to rally, all those people are going to get sucked into the rally um, like we got sucked in very early in the rally. Now, I did see this tweet which summarized whether this is a bull trap or whether this is the beginning of a bull, of a real pump or of a bull market. And what he says is um, the current price increase is over 55% in Bitcoin has caused a lot of euphoria, although there were some critical voices. Now, he looks at four things. He looks at the halving, he looks at the bull run, he looks at the bear market, and he looks at the accumulation. So regarding the halving, I found a better graphic for us. And, and this graphic shows that we are now 70% of the way towards the halving. The halving indicator is the most, the most reliable, accurate indicator of bull markets because that is how Bitcoin is programmed. It, it's basically programmed around, around the scarcity. And what you can see is that every time that we've been 70%, that's been just past the bottom. So that was the bottom over there. That was just past the bottom over there. And you can see that same pattern is starting to play out over here. So from a halving point of view, you kind of have your, your validation. So you can see that even on, on, on his chart over here, um, you've got you've got your now it's the accumulation zone, and then we go into the bull market zone, which is exactly the same as all the 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 other halvings. He says um, he says, and when the bull run appears, the bull run will last several several months. So what you can see is if you look at this, and I think here he's looking at the monthlies. You see, we got we 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 had this accumulation zone over here. We had this accumulation zone over here, and then what you can see is that usually this is followed by months month after month after month after month of green candles. So usually when the bull run appears, it's it's um, it's quite a vicious bull run. The downside here, if you look at this, you can see that the first run was on Bitcoin 406x, the second run was 125x, the third run was only 20x, maybe this, this run can only be a 5x on Bitcoin. But be that as it may, what we can see is that we've passed the accumulation zone and we're actually starting to, this is our first, we had January, which was our first bullish month, February, as I said to you guys yesterday, we're, we're pretty bullish. So from that point of view, we tick the box. Okay, so in terms of the halving, we tick the box. Okay, in terms of the bear, the bull market and the bear market, he said, you know, all um, all markets, all bear markets have ended with some kind of double bottom, whether it's a Adam and Adam, or an Adam and Eve, or an Eve and Adam, or an Eve and Eve. Um, yeah. So for those ones, for those of you who are, who who are not sure which which is the Adam, which is the Eve, Adam is the one with the spike, Eve is the one with the curves. So that's how you know whether it's an Adam and Eve. Now you can see in 2011 we had two Adams, so we had a spike and a spike. Um, we don't want two Adams. We prefer an Adam and Eve or an Eve and an Adam. And if you can get an Eve and an Eve, that's a bonus. But we don't like Adams and Adams. Or I, so I certainly don't like watching Adams and Adams. Um, what I do like watching is Eve and Eve. You see, so you have an Eve and you have an Eve. So that is also a double bottom. Um, uh, YouTube is going to ban the show. Um, so we had an Adam and Eve in 2015, which was a double bottom pattern. In 2019, we had an Adam and we had an Eve. And now in 2023, we've had two Eves. So we have actually had a double bottom pattern, which, by the way, says 
he says that all um, uh, um, bear markets have ended with a double bottom. So we've had the double bottom pattern here. He says we're also actually in a textbook Wyckoff accumulation and we're in the phase D. Now, if you look at the textbook Wyckoff accumulation and you compare it to where we're at today, I think he may have a point here. And you can see that we're going to get through this resistance in phase D, which, by the way, corresponds to the halving cycle. And then phase E is when we actually start moving past this. We need to get through this resistance. We need to get through this 25 and then this $30,000 resistance. So that's from that point of view, we're good. This is where I, I disagree with him. So he says the last part of it is accumulation. And he's saying, okay, let's look at who's been accumulation. And he says there are some anom anomalies here because he says Bitcoin and other coins are obviously bought with stable coins. And he's saying that a lot of this has actually been people trading out of BUSD because of this whole Puxos thing and trading into Bitcoin. And that's driving the price up. This is where I challenge him because I don't think that that all the buying has been BUSD type buying. And I'll show you why I don't think so. The first thing that, that we have seen is that more Bitcoin are moving off exchanges than we've ever seen. Why is that important? Because I showed you guys yesterday that the Bitcoin that are being bought or that have been bought was a transfer of Bitcoin from the weak hands, the, the, the traders, the jelly hands, to the strong hands. And the strong hands don't sell. What they do is they take their coins off exchanges and the thesis is validated here where we can see that there's been higher net outflows off exchanges. We also know that call options, the, uh, that the number of call options is the highest that it's been in, in three months. Now, who's buying call options? Smart retail investors and institutional investors. And that's why at the end of the show today, we're going to talk about how do, how do you use call options. But what we can see is that smart money is actually starting to buy because the call options, now remember, call options are bullish. Put options are bearish. And what we have is we have the call option buying at the highest price, which means that institutions and smart people are um, are, are buying, are, are getting into the market. So that is how I see this, this debate between this, this, whether this is a bull run or whether this is a, a bear market, a, a bull, a bull, a bull trap or a, or a bull run. So that, that's how I see the, the, the difference. Now, when the price of Bitcoin actually comes down, and it will come down, and if we go back down to 23,500 or even 23,000, don't then jump out and say, oh, well, oh, you were bullish. But that's not how it works. That's not how it works. We're not going to go up in a straight line. You can see that in all the previous cycles, we haven't gone up in a straight line. It's always been up, down, up, down, up, down. Let me just find you a chart of, of one of the other, the other ones, um, uh, one of the other recoveries. But you can see it's not a straight line up. There's also down months. You see, so it's not going to be a straight lineup. You can expect some turbulence on the way. I think, though, that a lot of people are getting it wrong. And I think that the biggest problem that the people that are getting it wrong are, are making, the biggest problem that, they, that they're facing is that they're looking at the wrong market. Okay, so the reason why I say that is because if you think of Twitter, and Twitter is arguably where you get most of your crypto news, and if it's not Twitter... It's YouTubers, and if the if you're getting it from YouTubers or from press outlets, typically you're getting your news from Western press outlets, right? So, like you know, we follow Western Twitter, but we also follow Chinese Twitter. But most people only follow Western Twitter because, specifically, Americans, you know, they follow stuff in 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 the US because to them, you know, the US is is the be all and end all. Problem is, I think that if you're focusing now on on the um, on the uh, the US market. I think that's where your bias is. I think that is where you're making the big mistake. And I'll show you a few examples of, um, of, of, of people that are making mistakes. And then I'm going to show you the main reason why, they, why crypto is running because of this mistake. Okay, so I'm going to show you because of this mistake, I'm going to show you why a lot of people are missing this bull market specifically in crypto. And I want to show you why. So I tweeted this. I said, this is the next bull run. Wifey, who's a very respectable account, said, is this an independent crypto bull market or is this all markets? If the former, then you're studying a massive decoupling. Is that correct? And I said to him, Wifey, it's her, him. No, this is, this is Wifey is, is him. I said, you're watching Western markets. This is actually not driven by Western markets. It's driven by, by, by Asia. And that is a, a, a very important point. And I want to show you why it's such an important point. Remember that... 
we are watching US markets and that all this tightening is in the US markets and the US markets are the ones that have been going down and have been struggling. But at the same time, you've had global markets hitting all-time highs. So, I mean, this is just some examples. This is the Copenhagen Exchange, all-time high. France, all-time high. Australia's ASX, all-time high. London's FTSE, all-time high. The US is not an all-time high, granted. So let's look at, at the, I don't know, let's look at the SPX or the, or the US tech. You can see that the US markets aren't at all-time highs at all. In fact, they are very, very, very far below their all-time highs. The, the NASDAQ is about 25% below its all-time high. Um, let's look at the, the, the S&P 500, the US 500. It is currently 16% below its all-time high. So the people who are watching the US markets are in this bear pattern. They're in this pattern that the markets are not at all-time highs, that they're in a bear market, that they're not getting out of it. But I can show you and I can tell you for free that there is no bear market here in London. There is no bear market in France. There is no bear market in Australia. There's no bear market in Copenhagen. These are all at all-time highs. There is no bear market in China. There's no bear market in Asia. Those are all flying at the moment. So if you've got a bias where you are looking at the US market, you're missing this whole thing. And I want to show you something else. So over $6 trillion in global liquidity has entered the system in the last five months, leading to a rally in risk assets. Hold on a second. Didn't we say that the US is cutting? Didn't we say that there's quantitative, quantitative tightening? Didn't we say that we're taking money out of the economy? If that's the case, then how is it that $6 trillion in global liquidity has entered the system in the last five months, leading to a rally in risk assets? And why has crypto been the, 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 the beneficiary, the biggest beneficiary of all of this? And the answer is very simple. Global liquidity is not just US liquidity. Global is now the name of the game. So yes, the US can continue to, to, to cut its, uh, its balance sheet. And I, I did have one or two um, uh, uh, slides around the, the, the Fed's balance sheet, but the US can continue to, to cut the balance sheet. But that means nothing if the Asia narrative, if Japan alone is purchasing more assets than the Fed are selling, well, then you can cut the money in the US and you can put money in somewhere else. And the net effect is that there's more money in circulation. So yes, the US can continue to, to tighten their balance sheet and the US can continue to increase interest rates. But that all disappears when you put it in context of a global market and you say, okay, US, you can cut your balance sheet. But hold on, Japan is not cutting their balance sheet. Japan is putting more money into circulation. China is putting more money into circulation. In fact, in one day, one day, China put $92 billion into the market one, in one day, which is the total amount that the US is trying to get out of the market. So the name of the game is actually not the US, but the name of the game is global liquidity. And the problem is that the US is trying to cut, but the rest of the world is actually putting money into the economy. China doesn't care about the US policies. China is now opening their COVID trade and they're putting more money to stimulate their economy. Who's the biggest beneficiary of all of this? Well, which market do you know in the world that is global? I guess you could say gold is global. I guess. I guess you could say oil is global. But the most liquid, highest, highest um, uh, return market right now that is global and accessible to everyone 24-7 is the crypto market. And so it makes sense that if global liquidity is being increased, Regardless of what's happening in the United States, it makes sense that if global liquidity is being incre increased, whereas the US markets may be going down, whereas other markets may be going down, it makes sense that the global market, which is crypto, will enjoy the global liquidity. And that's exactly what's going on now. And that is why crypto is the biggest beneficiary here. Because the name of the game, as this account over here says, is, it says global liquidity not just US liquidity is the game, name of the game now. Global liquidity. And that's why you got to worry, you got to be careful around which accounts you follow and where you're consuming your news. Because you know what? The truth is, if you had been consuming 
US news, you would have been in a depression and you would have thought that markets were crashing and you would have thought that that, that markets would never recover. But if you've been following the European market or the Australian market or, the Lond- or, or London, well, then you're at all-time highs. You're at all-time highs because there's much more global liquidity now. That's the name of the game, global liquidity. And when there's global liquidity is the name of the game, the, the beneficiary is a global asset class. There's not many global asset classes. And that's why I think crypto is having a run despite what's happening in the US, despite this market that we keep being fixated on because 35% of you of you are 35% of you are in the US. 35% of our, view, our viewers, our listeners are in the US. We watch the US markets. You see, just me talking, just me talking has pumped the market by to Bitcoin 24,750. I'll try and keep the show going for as long as possible to try and pump this price as, as high as I can. But I think it's super important. It's our responsibility to bring you a global view. That's why we've been talking to you about China. That's why we broke the China narrative for you on the 7th of January. On the 7th of January, we told you that we sh- you should be following Asia. Remember, we looked at all the up, the up bit pumps and I said to you, you've got to be watching the upward pumps. It's it's the it's like the best. Here we go. I'll show you how easy it is. Today, if you want to know what's going to go up, you go to upward, you sort by volume, which is what we did, and you will see that Neo should have run up. And then you go to the bubbles and you say, okay, let's see which tokens are moving. Let's go see what oh, Neo was up a bit. It's, it was up much higher today. It has it has come down, but you can see that that is the upward Asian pump. And that, we're going to talk about the upward Asian pump in just a second, because I think what we need to do quickly, just quickly, 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 is just for the 35% of you that are fixated with the United States, let's just give you a quick update about the United States, just so you can't accuse us of saying, look, you, we're neglecting you. Let's we can just look at the United States. Okay, so there are a couple of things happening this week in the United States. Granted, granted, there's a lot of stuff happening. Today, we have Coinbase results coming out after the bell. Let's see what Coinbase did. That is an indicator for what crypto did. I think Coinbase results will be very good. Let's see what happens. Tomorrow, we have the Fed meeting minutes. Now, remember, these are the minutes for the meeting that happened like a month ago so or two weeks ago. I think when the Fed me- meeting minutes come out, we will see that some Fed members actually wanted a 50 basis point rate hike and that there was a case for a 50 basis point rate hike. And that may spook the market slightly. So be wary of that. Then we have the US GDP data on Thursday. If we get good GDP data on Thursday, it strengthens the case for an interest rate cut. We want these numbers to be going down. Then Friday is the big day. Friday is where we get the PCE inflation data. Remember the last PCE inflation data, PCE is the the measure of inflation that the Fed look for. And last time it was at 5%. So a lot of people are expecting a surprise there. Now, what we are seeing now is that there's a 21% chance of a 50 basis point rate hike. Friday will decide whether this goes higher or lower. If the PCE data is good, in other words, inflation is coming down, this goes back up to closer to 100%. If not, then it becomes closer to 50-50, and then the markets are going to respond badly. So we will, we will be holding your hand right through that. We'll be holding your hand right through that. Things are moving really, really quickly now, really quickly. Futures show 21% chance of a 50 basis point right like in March. Two weeks ago, there was a 1% chance. Futures also now show a very small chance of the Fed rate rising to 6% this year. So you can see that, that the, the last jobless numbers and the, the last inflation numbers weren't very good. They weren't very good. Cool. Listen, if you're still here, just say present. I want to see if you're here. Joel Soloway, if you're here, just say present. Giablo, if you're here, say present. MMC John, say present. If you want to hear more about the Asia pump, I've got a whole lot of Asia pumps. And then I've got like a, a table which shows you the best layer ones out there. And let me show you. Let me tell you that the best layer one will shock your, you, you will fall off your chair when you hear about the best layer one because it's not who you think. In fact, let me know in the comments, who do you think is the cheapest layer one today? The cheapest, the most value for a layer one. I want to show that to you. I'm going to show it to you at the end of the show. Um, cool. Let's quickly go to couple of other things before we get there, before we talk about Asia and China. So first of all, um, I read this tweet yesterday that said more chatter that Grayscale could be poised to win its appeal case against the SEC on the 7th of March, turning GBTC into a proper spot Bitcoin ETF. Legal minds believe their brief is powerful and the court may be prone to pushing back on regulatory overreach, which means could we actually get a, a Bitcoin ETF? I don't think so. But 
that did lead me to look at this. And what I saw is that the SEC has lost four out of its last five cases in the Supreme Court. So those people that actually have the courage to fight the SEC in the Supreme Court, courage and money and community and everything else, well, they um, they could actually beat the SEC. And so it's important that more projects actually uh, um, uh, uh, challenge the SEC. Now, in crypto, we've got two challenges currently on the SEC. We've got one, which is the Ripple XRP case against the SEC. And then the next one that we've got is this grayscale, grayscale GBTC um, against the SEC, March 7th. is coming up pretty soon. So we've got to watch that. We've got to watch that. One other thing that I did see, which is not as positive, says that even after failing to prevent a financial crisis, a dot-com crash, um, FTX, SPF, what you can see is that the, SEC, the SEC's budget just keeps going up and up and up and up and up. So it's almost like the more they fail, the more their budget goes up. But also remember, the more they, they're levying fines on people and they keep those fines to enforce the law and protect investors. So keep fighting the SEC, keep fighting the good fight. Um, all right, let's look at China. Let's look at China. And I think this narrative is now out in full force. We started talking about this narrative on the 7th of January. We showed you guys how to look for the volumes on AppBit. We showed you guys who the winning exchanges are going to be. But now everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. It's become like ridiculous. Everywhere you look, my, my whole timeline is in, in Mandarin. Uh, people are going for Mandarin lessons all of a sudden. Um, it's crazy. You want to you see how crazy it is? I want to show you something really, really crazy. Okay, So yesterday, I published a tweet. And in the tweet yesterday, I said, the China... Asian narrative is real. Here's the list of highest, the highest alpha accounts I'm following, right? What did I do? I snuck my name into that, into that list. I snuck my name as number four on that list. And I gained a thousand followers. I, I gained a thousand followers by putting my, my own name, which I don't provide Chinese alpha. I do, but on the show. And I got a thousand followers. That just shows you how th there's an insatiable demand by the West to try and get in on this China narrative. And now you see everyone jumping on this China narrative. One is one guy says, now I know why it's called the Shanghai upgrade, which I think is very cool. That, that's really funny. This guy's got a good sense of humor. Comical Crypto got a good sense of humor. You should follow him if you want to. He's got 234 followers. He needs to have more followers. He needs to have more followers. Um, now, Locke, Locke Davis also jumped on the bandwagon. He says, first BlackRock came for your coins. By the way, BlackRock's never come for your coins because they can't buy physical Bitcoin. They can only buy futures. Then the Saudis started max bidding, and now China is coming to get all your Bitcoin. You see everyone jumping on this China narrative. By the way, this tweet's false. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. But if you've been here for a while, if you've been here for a while, you do know the strength of a, of a China pump. There's nothing, in, there's nothing in the world that is crazier than a China pump. And you only really know that if you were here in 2017. If you were here in 2017, you would know the strength of a China pump. And I managed to find you one chart of one crazy China pump. This is a token called NEO. NEO is, was touted as the, the Chinese Ethereum back in, in 2017, okay? End of 2016, beginning of 2017. Started trading at seven cents. Now, look at this. In less than a year, I mean, I can't even read that return. What is it? Two, it's 264,000. 526% return in a year. When China pump, my friends, they pump. And you can see that there's no real dips just get bought. When China pumps, they pump. I'll show you another, another, um, another Chinese pump, which will blow your minds. I'll show you another one, which I remember very, very, very well. In 2017, Bitcoin Cash was forked out of Bitcoin. And the Chinese started max bidding Bitcoin Cash. And you can see what happened. In the span of, from the 10th of August to the 26th of December, they 10X'd what was then supposed to be a Bitcoin competitor or, or, or whatever else. There is nothing more powerful than the China pump because that's just the way it is. Um, and so it's important that you, you are tuned into this narrative. It's super important that, you, that you're tuned into this narrative. Um, and you can see even now, like I saw this as well. He said, regarding the China hype, the activity during Asia afternoon to evening is insane for Ethereum and Arbitrum compared to hours when Asia, Asia is asleep. And the same thing happens on, on everything else. If you want to see, you saw how stacks pumped the last couple of days. Where did the volume come from? Volume came from Korea, from China, from Upbit. Where did the, the volume, Neo pumped? Where did, where did the volume come from when Neo came from China or, or, or Korea? 
So it's it's the it's the power of these Asian pumps. You see, that's the that's the near pump. Here it is. Here, here it is. You can see it went up a hundred percent. Where did it cut? Where did it go up? It went. It was it was Korea. You can see that that's where the pumps is come. The, the pumps are coming from. The pumps are coming from China. And so we need to focus on the Chinese narrative. And I saw some more Chinese tokens being shilled. So the ones that I saw being shilled today, I saw Filecoin being shilled. We know this. We know that there's a, a event in Shenzhen on the 25th of, of February. So that one is being shilled. We know that. that we know that that's a, a file storage protocol. We also know uh, CFX, Conflux. This one's got a lot of hype. It's this, um, it's this China regulated, they call it regulated, uh, blockchain. And that one has a lot of hype. The other one that has a lot of hype, um, uh, uh, which I saw, uh, Phoenix Chain. So Phoenix Chain also has a lot of hype because they have this, this AI narrative. The, the token, by the way, is a PHB. Then Coco's BCX, another one that, 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 is, that is starting to run. Alchemy Pay, we spoke about that. Um, let's see if there's any other ones here that we don't know. I also saw this list. Um, which basically breaks down the, the China coin narrative for 2023. Very cool. They said um, CFX powering the Instagram of China, which is a, the little red book and developing BSIM. Um, CKB, China's public blockchain chosen by BSN China. And he makes a whole list of, of, of so Filecoin is Chinese mining it. So what I suggest you do is go to BXR Research, just go to B, BXR Research and just follow him and or just download this chart you can see all the Chinese narrative coins. And when we get a Chinese run, then just follow these Chinese narrative coins because that's that's the easiest way to make the money. Um, that is, so yeah, the, the coins keep, the same coins keep coming up. It's NEO, CFX, IOST, CKB. I must warn you though, I must warn you though. I do think that a lot of these coins are garbage. So if you are buying these coins, you are buying because you respect the pump. You're buying because you're, you're momentum trading. You're buying because of hype, like you were when there was an AI narrative, where you knew that these AI coins were not really sustainable. It's just momentum trading. It's, it's following the bees. That's all it is. You're just following the bees if you're buying into these narratives. That's it. All right, let's carry on. Let's, let's talk about more pumps. The other pump that you need to be looking at, you need to be looking at exchange pumps. Now, as I said to you before, we have vetted exchanges. We know which exchanges are good, which ones aren't. BitGet, which is one of our sponsors, um, is applying for a license in Hong Kong. A lot of a lot of, of, the, of the companies are applying. But the exchange tokens, the ones that are China-centric or Asia-centric, are going to have the biggest pumps. So who are the most Asia-centric exchanges? It's not Coinbase. It's not Kraken. It's not those. The Asia-centric exchanges are OKX, which is our sponsor, our partner. By the way, they are running a $10,000 mystery box challenge. There's a link below. Sign up using our link, and you open a box, and you can win up to $10,000. I think it's well worth it. Um, also, a sponsor of our show. So we vetted them. They're very, very, very cool. BitGet, which is our other partner exchange, also they have a token. Um, they, are, they are doing it. I'm telling you this because if you look at the exchange tokens that service China, so let me just show you these again. Okay, I see we're still over 24,700. So let's look at OKX. So OKX, very, 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 um, oh man, okay, we can look at it here. Um, OKX, very, 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 uh, okay, sorry, it's OKB, that's why it didn't work. Okay, uh, the OKX exchange, very, very Asia-centric. Very, Their roots are in Asia. So what has happened to, to them in the last couple of days? You can see we had a, a huge pump. You can see there's the pumps from 38 to $51. I would, these are my three exchanges, Bybit, BitGet, um, and OKX. Those are the exchanges that I trade on. I, I hardly, hardly, hardly trade on any other exchanges anymore. I don't, I don't even use my Binance account anymore unless I'm buying spot that's got zero fees. But then again, so is Bybit and so have all the other ones. So I don't know. Um, BitGet also, BitGet token price also flying, flying, flying. So again, when this Asian narrative runs, you can buy the tokens, if you're buying the tokens, you're momentum trading. Probably a safer bet for me is to buy the exchanges because you kind of know that, you know, even if the tokens go up or go down, the the um, the exchange tokens and specifically the exchange tokens that service China or or, 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 the, or the Asians, um, those exchange tokens are almost guaranteed to fly. So that's for me is a safer bet. If you're going to be trading in and out of the Chinese tokens, you got to be fast. You got to be super fast because otherwise you're going to get wiped. You're going to get wiped. You're going to get wiped. Um, 
All right, let's talk about layer ones. I want to show you layer ones. I want to show you what, how a big exercise that one of our analysts did around all the layer ones. And I mean, he did a lot of work. He did a lot of work. What he did was, this is super important because we think that there's a layer one narrative about to play out. And the question is, which layer one is the cheapest and which layer one is the most expensive relative to the usage on the network? Okay, so what we did was we plotted the daily active users for these chains since December. And we said, look, let's just plot for the last two or three months, let's plot their daily active users. And we did that. So we went and we plotted all their daily active users in terms of daily active addresses. We did Solana, Aptos, Cardano, Ethereum, Phantom, Nia, Optimism, Polygon, AVAX, BNB, Kanto, Osmo. We went through all of these. And we wanted to see which is the best layer one or, or layer two. I mean, you know, we, we know that Arbitrum is a layer two and whatever else. Anyway, what do you think? Tell me in the comments who you think is the most expensive worst value for money layer one and who you think is the best value for money layer one i guarantee you it's not what you think i guarantee it's not what you think so before i reveal the results to you you guys you guys tell me in the comments um before i reveal the results to you i'm just going to show you a few other things i just want to give you guys to tell me in the comments we'll see if, the, if you guys are right or wrong i'll give you a hint i'll give you a hint arbitrum has now flipped ethereum in and has flipped BSC in terms of daily daily transactions, in terms of in, in terms of number of transactions. So the Ethereum mainnet versus the Arbitrum mainnet, you can see that it's just about to flip. Arbitrum is doing more transactions than Ethereum is doing, or almost doing more transactions than Ethereum is doing, which is huge. It's huge. The Arbitrum launch will be absolutely huge. I think it's going to bring huge money into crypto. When Arbitrum launched the token, we're going to get a huge airdrop of Arbitrum. And what's going to happen when that happens is that you're going to get this airdrop like we got with Blur, and I think it's going to be much bigger than the Blur airdrop, leagues bigger than the Blur airdrop. And then what's going to happen is that that's going to be like a stimulus into the crypto market because people that get the Arbitrum airdrop are going to sell the Arbitrum and put their money into other things. So we don't know when the Arbitrum airdrop is going to be, but that's going to be one of the, one of the most powerful um, airdrops, one of the most powerful catalysts is going to be this, the stimulus money that comes from the Arbitrum airdrop. People don't see that every time we have an airdrop, you're just giving free money to crypto degens who then are going to cash it out and they're going to buy the narrative that they want. All right, so <clears throat> I see a lot of people saying Cardano is the worst, AVAX, Nia, Nia is the cheapest, maybe, maybe, maybe. Oh, well, let's, let's go look at the numbers. Let's go look at the numbers. In fact, um, I didn't see Nia here. Oh, we should have put Nia here. Okay, there it is. There is Nia. Okay, so here is how they're ranked. In fact... Let me actually make this a little bit more exciting for us. So I'm going to do this. Hold on. Let me just quickly, I'm going to, I'm just signing in so I can have edit rights so I can hide the results from the DGENs. By the way, you guys are the DGENs, just so you know. Oh, okay. I can't edit this. So I can't make it exciting, unfortunately. All right. So the biggest, the most expensive layer one is Aptos. Why? Because from the 21, 21st of December to the 21st of Feb, they only had 14,894 active addresses. Their fully diluted market cap right now is $14 billion, which means their, their um, fully diluted value divided by their daily active users is $1 million per daily active user. So they are the most overvalued um, uh, layer one. Then it's Ethereum. Then it's AVAX. Then it's Cardano. Then it's Optimism. Then it's Canto, then it's BNB, then Flow, then Osmosis, then Near Protocol is one of the cheapest, then Solana, then Phantom. So right now, the best value for money, if you want to work on this um, uh, uh, metric, if you want to work on this metric specifically, and you want to say, look at the active addresses over a two-month period, okay, a two-month period, then and you want to divide that by the market cap, then Phantom is the best value for money, followed by Salt, followed by Near, followed by Polygon, followed by Osmosis. And so the list goes on until eventually you get up to Aptos, which is, as I've said, the worst layer one in terms of value for money. But this isn't everything because remember, some of these chains are new and they're still getting uptake. But right now, that's why I'm short Aptos because I just think that this is kind of, 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 of where it is. But this is what, I mean, if you look at it from a fundamentals point of view and you look at this as the metric, well, then it's, this is the right one. All right, um, 
what else is there? There are a few other things that I wanted to show you. Um, okay, so regarding the Bybit and BitGet watch giveaway, we've hit a bit of a roadblock. And the roadblock is, we told you guys that the winners are the ones you'd have to do a trade. And every trade would be a entry into the Rolex competition. So when we said that we'd give it away to somebody because they commented in the chat, a lot of people wrote to us and said, you know, that's not fair because I've been doing a lot of trades. And it's not fair because you said the more trades I do, the more chances I have. So unfortunately, we did say that. So we have to stick to our word, which means that from tomorrow, we're going to get the trades again and we're going to draw the Rolex based on the trades. And that's going to be, um, and that's going to be uh, uh, how we do it. I do also want to thank, I, I mean, look, we've got to be people of our word. We can't tell you we're going to do one thing and do something else. And that's why we're going to stick to our word. We said that we're going to choose people based on, on the entries. You guys said... We've got to do it, so we've got to do it. If you haven't got an account, sign up an account below. There is a link below. From tomorrow, we're going to start giving away the Rolexes. There are three Rolexes to be given away. And they have to be given away by... Sorry, there's two left. And they have to be given away by the end of Feb. So you do you do still have a chance. You do still have a chance. Just do it. Put in one trade. And then we can do it. Let's quickly look at the markets. And then I want to talk to you about one of our sponsors. So quickly, quick look at the markets. Uh, Bitcoin, just under 24,700, 24,680. Let's look at the bubbles. Let's look at the bubbles in the last hour. Anchor, 50% up. I think there's a Microsoft partnership. I've been waiting for an announcement on the Microsoft partnership. Uh, Banter Research Group. If there is an Anchor Microsoft partnership, which I've been waiting for. Yes, there is. You see, I should have told you about this. This was rumored and I didn't know if it was true or not. And now it, while we were live on the show, you see it came out. It said that Microsoft and Anchor partner to offer blockchain node infrastructure services. I've been waiting for this announcement. I've been waiting to see if this announcement is, is true. It's true. I wonder if it's true. Uh, NASDAQ, everything's down 1%. I see, okay. Crypto's not down. Crypto's not down. Damn, there was an Anchor partnership with Microsoft. That's what happened. That's what happened. Okay. Um, let's look at, lastly, I do want to show you one of our sponsors. We have spoken about them before, but it's important that we talk about them again. The sponsor is TAP. Um, for us, this is one of the coolest sponsors, and I'll tell you why, because not only do they provide on-ramps and off-ramps in multiple multiple countries, but they are a regulated company, and they are insured with Bitco to $250 million. So um, I think that if you are looking for a place to on-ramp and off-ramp, specifically if you're in Europe, this place is, this is a great um, uh, uh, legal regulated solution. They also have this uh, the, the first tap, the first mastercard which is which is a tap card a lot of you already use this tap card but i think if you go and check it out um go, go look go look at this it's a tap tap.global there is a link below um and they say that a lot of you are saying it's, it's not in the us but very 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 soon they are going to be available in the us so yeah for me um very cool they've got over a hundred thousand users this is one these are one of the good guys and you can you can earn by depositing your crypto. So you can earn up to 5% and get paid weekly if you want to do it. Alrighty, I think that's us for today. Let's quickly just see if there's anything else that broke in the research group. Let's just see here. Uh, nothing in the research group except the anchor partnership. Man, man, man. I do see this, which is probably worth reading to you guys. It says, bonds are down like 10%. Stocks down like the Fed, the Fed pivot is gone. VIX is the highest of December. Mortgage demand at 25 year low. Oh, come on. Yeah, okay. Re recession feels are back. Yeah, we've heard all of this. No nothing new for us. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, look after yourselves. Trade well, my friends.